ladies, you are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Women Emerging Fearlessly. I'm so excited to be here with you today. I have a wonderful guest, Kashonia Carnegie from Australia. And we are going to be talking about how we can all become conscious leaders of change. Kashonia is a moral philosopher with a PhD in the ethics of conscious change. And she's the author of the Conscious Change series of books, including the international award-winning Conscious Change Today, From Me to We, COVID, Climate Change, and the Rise of Feminine Energy. This is going to be an interesting discussion today for sure. In years gone by, Kashonia caught wild donkeys in Australia's harsh outback. Wow, that sounds interesting. And she was Australia's first female oil company representative. Wow. She then spent 14 years as an award-winning talk radio broadcaster before commencing her academic journey, which included the teaching of MBA-level sustainability, ethics, leadership, and management of change in universities in Australia and overseas. So Kashonia, she has done a lot of stuff. Welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you today. It's wonderful to be here, Janelle. It really is. So before we came online, we were having a wonderful discussion and we had to actually interrupt ourselves to get started today. <laughs> so I think you'll really enjoy this episode and this discussion with Kashonia. Am I saying your first name right? You, you're perfect. Yes, yes. One, one of the few people who are first up. <laughs> oh, wonderful. <laughs> My teaching background helps me with that, I think. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, a little bit about who you are and what brought you to uh, this conscious change topic. Well, I um, I've had a an interesting life, to put it mildly, both professionally and personally. Um, Janelle, you have mentioned some of the the major um, stepping stones professionally, uh, and then in the background behind all that. You know, I've, I've, I've had an amazing number of negative things happen in my life. And what I've found really interesting, because I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, Janelle, is how many women have, have had, and yourself included, have, have experienced trauma in some way, in some form. And yep. so what you're doing is, is really quite wonderful. Um, and, uh, and that's something that, uh, as I said, I, I thought I had a, I'd had a really good childhood, um, until, uh, until I was about 20. And when I was 20, there was, uh, it, 
long story, but we'll make it very short. Um, I was basically disowned by my family. Um, prior to that, um, my my father had died when I was 16. My sister killed herself when I was 17. And then um, uh, after that, uh, everything was going well until I was about 20 and I was working in a business with my brother uh, and there were major problems there and I was told to to get out and not have anything more to do with the family at all. And that's where I always thought my problems began until probably about 10 years ago. And um, and it was interesting. One of the podcasts I was listening to of yours was on the imposter syndrome. And you go back and talk about the you know how a ch- your childhood can impact you and affect you. And it was, as I said, about 10 years ago, and I couldn't work out what was going wrong with me. I had at 10 years ago, it was the time of what we call and most of the world calls the global financial crisis. Um, America call it the Great Recession, I believe. And whilst Australia in the main did very well, we didn't have too many problems except for me, you know, <laughs> and I was doing, that was when I was at that time, I was working in Singapore and Hong Kong and doing a lot of teaching over there as well as teaching here. And um, I lost, because of the GFC, I lost my work and then I lost my house and then I lost my money and then I went bankrupt. And I started to, I thought, here I am, I've got this alphabet soup after my name. Um, I've I've worked, all my life I've worked so hard to achieve anything and I'm sitting here in the middle of the bush, which is where I was. I was in far north Queensland at the time, and I've got nothing. And I kept, I started to think, what is wrong with me? What is the problem? Um, and that's when I, every, um, all the past coaching work and past uh, personal development courses and things I'd done and because I'm a master practitioner of NLP and all this sort of thing. I did every possible uh, exercise I could on myself and I spoke to a couple of people who said, uh, you know, I said, look, have you looked at your childhood? And I said, no, 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 my, my problem started when I was 20. And, and this particular man said, well, look, just just look for a minute Tell me, give me a story of before you were 20, you know, with your family. So I did that. And, you know, it was about 14 or something. Now give me one earlier than that, earlier than that, earlier than that. And I, and I suddenly realised that I'd lived a very abusive childhood. And, and I didn't know it. I didn't realise it because, as I said, I'd always thought I'd had a good childhood and but I hadn't um, after after the session with him, I spent the next two years studying psychological abuse. And I'd based my good childhood on the fact that I was I went to a private school, I was well fed, I was clothed. Um, and goodness me, what else is there in life, you know, to, to do with a kid? I forgot about the love part and the caring part. 
And I grew up on a on a farm until I was um, until I was about ten or eight, actually. And um, I, I before I started school at five, I used to spend all day out in the paddocks talking to the animals by myself. As a two and a three year old, I would be out in the paddocks um, for the whole day. And then I'd finally come back for tea because uh, that was pretty important. And um, I and, and I'd started to go through all these things. And whenever anything, as an adult, you know, went wrong with my life, it was normally to do with I was living in the city and it was to do with working, I would pack up and I would move back to the country. And I suddenly realised that the only place I felt safe was in the country with animals, not with humans and, and not, with, um, not even with people. And so, you know, that, that escalated and grew and I was able to, um, in fact, the third book in my Conscious, um, Conscious Change series is called Conscious Self-Awareness. And it looked, it's a book that looks at um, th- this business of, of the impact our childhood can have on us as adults and how that can stop empowering us. So, so that was sort of that side. And as I said, I, it, I've been amazed in more recent times at the number of women especially who've had some sort of um, abuse or Un, you know, unfortunate traumatic experience, and luckily, I, you know, I'm lucky to have been able to work through that and continue to work on. And all the time, with all the jobs I was doing, I was working in this um, conscious way. Um, what, what is now the, the buzzword conscious? Because we've got, you know, conscious parenting, conscious communication, conscious leadership, conscious capitalism, conscious business, all sorts of conscious. Yeah, let's talk about consciousness. So that term conscious and uh, what does it really mean? How do you look at it? How would you define it? Well, it really, basically, and it's interesting, I've obviously read a number of books or many of the books on conscious ABC, whatever it might be. Right. And very few of them define, they, they write about doing things in a nice, loving, friendly, appropriate manner, but they don't actually define what conscious, what this conscious label is all about and um, as an ethicist it was so obvious to me um, that what they were talking about was ethics and so what conscious is about is about whatever you are doing you know capitalism business leadership um, parenting whatever it's looking at it from moving from me to we so instead of it all being, and, and unfortunately we do live in a very me, me, me type culture, um, and it's a matter of moving to a we type culture. How um, how can we work together? How can we, um, uh, you know, work together? And this is the essence of ethics. 
Um, and, and, you know, people generally say, oh, well, well, when I was actually at university and I went to university as a, um, a mature age student, I didn't start university until I was 40. Um, and uh, when I ended up getting my uh, PhD at about 50, um, and uh, what people used to say, oh, you know, why on earth did you want to get uh, you know, anything to do with ethics? No one wants to hear about ethics. You know, we're all ethical, you know, and people would say they are ethical or this, they'll, they'll always do the right thing. But when you think about it, those examples I gave of my childhood, that was hardly a me-to-we childhood. Um, and when parents abuse children, when a partner abuses their, their partner, their life partner in, in a domestic violence situation, um, this is all about I want something and I'm going to make that person give it to me. Right. Um, and so very unethical. So it's often called the ego, right? The me, yeah. the the ego, being being um, self centered and always thinking in terms of me, me, me. What do I want? And everything you do, you are putting yourself in the middle and the center and trying to make other people do things that you want them to do. So, yes. yeah. When I was trained as a coach, we uh, the philosophy or methodology, if you will, it's called core energy. It was based on the energy of our thoughts and our emotions and our beliefs and the energy that we put out there and how we can feel other people's energy that we are energetic beings. And so he talks, or the whole school, the whole methodology, but the guy who started it, Bruce D. Schneider talks, he wrote a book called Energy Leadership. And he talks about this consciousness and he has a diagram. It's really cool. And it, in the middle of the diagram is where the ego is. And the ego, when you're all centered on yourself, your the energy that you're putting out is very draining and uh, limiting. And you're you're not seeing other perspectives. And it can cause a lot of the stress hormones. And you know, so he talks about these levels of energy. But the more that you move out and away from ego into less and less of it being about you, but more about, you know, we're all together, we're all connected. This is not just about me. That increases this, takes you to a place of this higher, more positive energy where you feel more joyful and you feel more, uh, more of that synergy, you know, more of that uh, being connected to each other and to nature. And you see more perspectives, you see more opportunities and it just feels a whole lot better. It's, it's a higher level. So con that's what consciousness is about, is being aware of how you're acting and how you're showing up in the world and being aware of when you are being in your ego and being able to shift yourself out of that. Yeah. This place of, like you said, we, you know, we are all one, really. Well, it's <laughs> and, a oneness thing. Yeah. yeah. And how yeah. we affect the world by how we're showing up. It's not, we do have an effect on each other. And Absolutely. On well, it's, we are, it's interconnected. And one of the um, competencies, um, the book that I'm working on, uh, and it'll be out in a couple of few weeks time, which is on conscious intelligence, uh, taking emotional intelligence to a higher level. Um, 
And um, because emotional intelligence actually formed a major part of my doctoral thesis. And so this is taking a model which is taking it up to a higher level. And one of the uh, competencies there or the steps is it's essential to have an understanding of our interconnectedness of how we are all uh, interconnected and had, I mean, um, never have I been given, thank you universe, um, never have I been given such a wonderful example of interconnectedness than COVID. Right. Um, you know, if, if ever, you know, talk about we're all connected, if we weren't all connected, we wouldn't all have to stay locked in our houses and apartments and things. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So mm. it's a perfect example. Uh, yes. Mm. Yes. So I think that's a good way to think for most people to think about consciousness, because we hear this term a lot. And uh, some, I think sometimes people don't really understand what it means. Well, someone said to me um, on a forum, on a Facebook forum thing, they said, um, oh, no, but con being conscious is all about being aware. And I said, yeah. But being aware of what? It's right. not just about being aware of the the descriptor of of the parenting or the business or the uh, capitalism or whatever. It's about being aware of interacting and working with each other and of this ethical foundation. Yeah. The ethical yeah. foundation to do with parenting, the ethical foundation to do with business and leadership and whatever. Yeah, no, I love that. That's beautiful. So you talk about three ways people who've experienced trauma or abuse can come out the other side. Mm. What are those okay. three? The three that I've sort of seen repeatedly over and over again, which I guess is what being repeated is all about, isn't it? <laughs> is, uh, they will either, or you know, many, will withdraw and become depressed and, um, you know, really need psycho you know, psychological help, good psychological counselling, not because there's anything wrong with them other than for their own happiness. You know, that's important. Alternatively, they can become... Um, hateful and vengeful and uh, you know I talk about one particular woman in, in my book who had this attitude and these are the especially if they're women these are the women who want to you know write you know rid the planet of men um, right. alternatively the third one is you can become have an overwhelming need and desire to um, make a difference and basically people are different everyone's different and it's a matter of choosing which level you want to be and where you're going to be most happy and the people who are generally the most happy and most fulfilled are the ones who can become conscious leaders of change um, whether they're men or women uh, but to use this feminine these feminine energy characteristics me to we and go out and um and and uh, really make a difference to other people and as a side benefit you get benefits back to yourself you know 
Yeah. So, I mean, I talk a lot about, I've experienced trauma when I was in my twenties, a series of different things and I stuffed it, didn't talk about it, didn't get help for many years. It was like 35 years later that I finally started to deal with past trauma. And um, I, I would say, you know, a big part of that was becoming conscious of it and facing it because, you know, hiding it, hiding it away, ignoring it, acting like it never happened or trying to, it, it doesn't work. And for most, for a lot of people, it's this thing of shame. I know I felt like it was all my fault. I had all, I had caused it all. And it was too shameful to talk about because it just made me feel like I was a terrible person. That's what shame does. It makes you feel bad for being you. So becoming conscious of it in a way is like unpacking that and looking at it and getting help from other people to work through it and to see that this didn't define who I am. It happened to me, but it wasn't who you are. Yeah. It, it became who I am in the sense that I survived it. And then I learned a lot from it and I create, it created in me more uh, compassion and understanding. Uh, but it also helped this, process of uncovering it and dealing with it and becoming conscious of it helped me to to help others really and to learn that you know we're all on on this planet going through stuff and it's part of life and we uh we aren't alone you know and you know to to be able to see it from a different perspective that this is a part of the journey of life on earth and yes there's people that do bad things to other people but when you don't deal with it and you don't forgive and move on, you are just really empowering them to control your life. I mean, there's just so much that came out of the, I guess the decision and the choice I made to deal with it and to face it. I call it, you know, doing the, doing the inner work. I call it truth telling. It's part of the process I went through is to, let's look at this. Let's, let's not try to hide it away, but let's look at it and own it and look at how it's become a part of who I am and the good things that have come out of it, you know, and how can I use it to help other people? And I think one, the only caveat I have on that is you've got to be careful who you talk to about right. it. Yes. Because it's amazing um, the number of people who are victim blamers and yes. oh, if, yes. <laughs> if there's something that you know that, that I just hate, it's victim blamers because yes. victim blamers generally have never experienced anything like it. Now Harvey Weinstein, who you know because of all he did, it was the start of the Me Too movement. Now um, a reporter asked his female attorney, his female lawyer at one stage, um, you know, have you ever experienced something like that? You know, she was uh, supporting Weinstein, obviously. Um, have you ever experienced like, and she said, um, I have never put myself in that position to experience that sort of abuse. I mean, that is just so, so wrong. And that's something that if you do find that you've spoken to the wrong person and on a number of occasions I've spoken to the wrong person. It's really important to find a supportive person that you can then um, talk to, you know, a group or whatever, that you can work on it. Yeah, and I think that's where the shame comes from because our, you know, 
says that you shouldn't put yourself in that position. And that's what I blamed myself for all those years. And, you know, there's another whole side to that is no matter where I was or what I was doing, the other person did not have the right to do what they did. It's interesting. There's a, a major correlation between, um, well, I'll say pe- people, but mainly women who have had an abusive childhood in some form who go ahead and end up in an abusive domestic relationship, an abusive marriage. Right. And I know that was one of my situations because I had a very abusive husband. People said, but why did you put up with, you know, like in later life, why did you put up with it? And I said, because at the time that, because he wasn't, it wasn't the physical abuse as much as the psychological abuse. Yep. He had brainwashed me into staying. Yes. And as I said, the psychological abuse, as far as I was concerned, I was home right. because that's what I experienced as a child. So why would I complain about what this man was doing to me when that was what I received as a child? Yeah, to you it was normal. You didn't know that. Yeah, and it, it's really important for women to understand that. Yeah. And when you're in the middle of it, that's that's where you you don't see it. And you feel like, well, this is normal. And I remember years later thinking, oh, that wasn't normal. <laughs> like my 20s shouldn't have been that way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just crazy. <laughs> and it is. It's there's a lot of psychological things that happen to people that if you've never been through it, you don't understand. And it looks like for standing from the outside, it looks like, well, why don't they just leave? And yeah, there's so much more to it. Do you have like a key message that you could leave with our listeners today? What would you, what would you say? Well, there are probably many key messages, but that was what I, I just mentioned, actually. Whatever is happening, if, if you are not succeeding um, and uh, close to the victim blamers, are the gurus who say, hey, you know, I've achieved X, Y, Z, and you can too. It's just a matter of having the right attitude and you'll get there, girl. It's not. Let me tell you, if that is you, it is not going to work like that or it doesn't work like that. You've got to get to what's been going on. And if there's one key message, it is look to your childhood, check out your childhood and see if that is what is at the heart um, of how you're acting today or why you're not a success today, what's been holding you back. Or similarly, what's been promoting you. I mean, as I said, I've got this great alphabet soup after my name. And it wasn't until I started to examine my life from childhood right through. I, Because I, as I said, my father died when I was 16. And for my entire life, I was terrified of my father. Absolutely terrified. And yet... When I start later, when I started to do all this research into psychological abuse, and I looked at it, um, I realised that my father was the most beautiful man, and the most heartbreaking thing was I never had a chance to help him. You know, in his dying days, he died of well, what I would say was depression. Um, mm. I mean, he uh, ended up 
dying because he, the last few years of his life, he was drinking two bottles of rum a day and smoking 120 cigarettes. And surprise, surprise, he died. But what he taught me, the one thing he did tell me on the odd occasion when I wasn't terrified of him, was that education is the most amazing thing. I mean, at the age of, of five, I knew all the planets in the solar system. He taught me all about the solar system, all about the planets. At the age of eight, a little Aussie girl, I could recite all 50 states of the United States and name their capital city. There's a lot of Americans that can't do that. <laughs> exactly. Well, I can't do it today. But, um, <laughs> and he taught me these strange, strange things. And what he also taught me was that the most important thing was was learning and he never ever told me he loved me but every time he said you're the smartest one in the family that was his way as far as I was said that was his way of telling me he loved me and so what is it that I've excelled at really excelled at and that's my education yeah yeah, I think that's really good and I talk about this all the time is going back to your childhood because even if you grew up in a really loving home and there wasn't abuse or anything, there are still things that as children, we take in and we interpret different events or words spoken or whatever. And we interpret it internally, personally to mean something. And you don't always know what your kids are thinking and you don't even remember what, what you were. I mean, when I did this truth telling process, I call it, you know, different moments from my childhood came back to my memory that were totally innocent. Nobody did anything to me, but I took in a message that meant something that about me, like I was, uh, I remember one time I was young, probably four or five years old, eating dinner at a neighbor's house. And I could hear my dad outside calling for me to come to dinner because he didn't know. And then I was too scared to say anything. So I was in somebody else's home and I didn't move. And then he stopped calling for me because my mom told him where I was. So, but I internalize that as this little girl that I wasn't important enough to be pursued, you know, like he stopped looking for me and there was this sense of abandonment, even though it wasn't even true, but how I internalized it. And those are the things that can get buried and embedded in your subconscious that you're not aware of that do drive you today. I mean, that's where this power of like really looking at your past comes in. So I think, you know, for people that weren't abused and they'd say, oh, I had a loving childhood. Well, that's wonderful. But every every person on the planet has things that they've internalized and are driving their behavior. And it could be for good too. Like you said, this, what you learned from your dad about education, but it's becoming aware of who you are and why you do the things you do, why you think the way you do, why do you feel passionate about certain things or what is holding you back? And to uncover that and look at that and begin to truly understand it. And and, and to build on those strengths. Now, you, I think exactly. you said you did a, um, that, and I can't think of what it's called now. Strengths Finder. The strength, mm-hmm. pardon? This, yeah. It's called Strengths Finder today. It's called Clifton Strengths. Yeah. That's right. Really I've, I've got the book. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I just couldn't remember the name. Yeah. Um, it's red and white cover. Yes. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, and you said that it coaching came up. Yes. And and so this is the thing. Um, it's it's so important to know where your strengths are and and what you're good at, where your talents are, your skills, and then what you're really passionate about. And what are the things in the world, you know, or in your world or the world, whatever, that 
you get really upset about? And is it possible for you to use those strengths and those skills and those talents to do something? As I said, it doesn't have to, to be, you know, do an Edison and invent the electric light bulb, but to make a difference, like these boys who had Sky Orange and, and helped the homeless. I just, you know, to me that... That is one of those things that I just love, one of those projects. Yeah. Yes, and, and I think not to discount or think small of, of these little changes you're making, even with just your neighbors or those people in your world. Who, Where is your sphere of influence and what are you doing in that sphere to make a difference? And that's what, because all of that combined, we're making a difference globally. Well, you know, when we worked, it's sort of a matter of, you know, we can change the world. Um, it's not any one person is going to change the whole world. It's a matter of working together. And have you heard of a group called the New Superpower? No. no it was a name that was coined 2002, around that sort of time. And Kofi Annan, who was the head of the United Nations, he picked it up and he started to talk about the new superpower. Now, the new superpower is not, is not China and it's not India. The new superpower is this enormous number of, of groups of people uh, who there are groups of, of maybe 10 or 20, and some of these groups are a million strong. In my book, Conscious uh, Change Today, I've got a web address that you can go to to find out all these groups. And there are movements or groups working towards helping homeless, help, helping the environment, helping climate change, helping um, domestic violence. Um, anything that you could possibly have a passion towards, there is a group that you can join that will you'll be part of a group to work on this and as I always say don't just sit at home and say okay I'll put my name in and I'll get the newsletters once a month or once a week or whenever but start and take action and be part of it and let that group do something to um to to make a difference help the group make a difference I love that. Well, that's a great idea and a great suggestion. So we don't feel powerless to make changes. You find your little niche and your group and take action and do something and be a part of change and know that that whatever you're doing is contributing. You don't have to be like another Martin Luther King, King Jr. or Mother Teresa when we think, well, I don't know if I have a purpose or I have some great thing to do. We're thinking of these huge movements, but no, it's whatever you're created to do and whatever's in your heart to do, do it and make that difference. And that will be huge, really. And as I said before, do that. You're making a difference out there, but the difference in here is enormous. You know, it bounces back. Oh, it does. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, this has been such a great conversation. I could sit here and talk to you for hours. But <laughs> so you have a, a free offer you want to offer my audience? Yes, I would love to give everyone who uh, there's a website address, which I think you put on your link somewhere. Right, it'll be in the show notes. Just go there and you'll be able to download a PDF copy of my conscious uh, conscious change today book and basically it's got a heck of a lot um to do with all we've been talking about 
talks about conscious masculinity, conscious feminism, and step-by-steps to becoming a conscious leader of change. That's awesome. I definitely want to get a copy myself and read it. So thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for coming today and, and sharing your heart and, and your life and your thoughts. Thank you for what you're doing in the world to make a difference. Well, you see, it's a matter, once again, it's about your skills. Now, um, what I do is, well, especially at my age now, is right. And you're never too old. You know, I'm in my 70s. Right. You are never too old. That's right. So, as I said, I'm in my 70s and I'm still working every day, all day, doing what I do, which is writing. Now. Someone else will I, I talk about another fellow who is a singer and he sings because that's how he gets his message out. So we all do something different. Right. Well, thank you again for coming and joining us today. So ladies, that's it for today. I hope you got a lot out of this. And until next time, be fearless, be confident and be you. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.